0: Hello and welcome listeners to another episode of tri 9 the (laughs) podcast where we talk about two films made in any year that ends with nine, but we're sticking to 1999 for a while, so that's where we're sitting. I'm one of your hosts, Bernadette Gorman-White, and today I'm joined by...
1: Linda Cadega,
0: Diana Jamiro. And they are also part co-hosts of this podcast today i will be your moderator as we get into our episode we'd like to call teacher's pet so we're getting into two movies that were released in 1999 at least wide and we're talking about rushmore and election and to get us started really quickly we're just going to go over the brief synopsis what's going on maybe who directed maybe who starred get into like some brief discussion about that before we get into some themes so linda which Ooh. one would you like Ooh. to
2: me me <laughs> me, me you oh, anyone gosh. else oh no me um mm. hello all right
0: linda <laughs> <laughs> you can tell us about election
2: okay <laughs> <laughs> so election is a movie about a student body and the race for student body president it stars Matthew Broderick, this time not as the delinquent Bueller, but as a teacher. And he is helping out with the election, and it also follows uh, Tracy Flick, an overachiever who really wants to win, and kind of the ways that she goes about trying to win. And it, it also goes into the final, like uh, Matthew Broderick's character like doesn't like Tracy and he actively works against her at points to try and sabotage her campaign and he makes a like popular jock like run for president against Tracy and he's like the driving force behind that and then like there's um, another another person running for president who is just like an agent of chaos but Tracy Flick is just very driven very much like Hermione Granger of the time, uh, I think is a really good way to put it.
1: Maybe not uh, not as altruistic. Yeah,
2: definitely mm-hmm. definitely like looking out for number one, but that, that kind of like know-it-all, preppy, posh, or at least trying to be posh girl is sort of about how um, she becomes student body president.
0: Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, Diana, would you like to tell us about Rushmore? Sure. (laughs) Um, Wes Anderson Directed,
1: written by him and Owen Wilson. Um, It stars Jason Schwartzman, pretty young, as Max Fisher, and takes place at, uh, like, a prep school called Rushmore. And Max Fisher's kind of, like, in love with being at school, but not actually a very good student. And he's sort of like the master of all the extracurricular activities. Um, and when he suddenly is sort of faced with flunking out, he kind of focuses all his attention. Uh, he decides on on chicks and focuses on Miss Cross, which is one of the new teachers. Um, and I always forget her name, so I'm double checking. It's Olivia Williams as Rosemary Cross. And then the other major character... Is is Bill Murray who plays um, a father of two kind of terrible twins at the school, and it's kind of more about their friendship. Um, they are a lot alike, even though one's an adult and one's a kid, and they kind of both vie for the affection of Miss Cross um, and learn various things along the way. So, you know, it's kind of tongue in cheek. It's got an awesome soundtrack. It's very funny. Um, I really enjoyed it when it first came out because it was unlike. lot of the other movies that came out that year so yeah yeah
2: yeah in election i forgot to mention reese witherspoon plays tracy flick oh
1: yeah young reese oh
2: my gosh baby reese yep um sarah michelle gellar shows up for like two seconds in the cafeteria no in a different movie (laughs) nope forget that (laughs) forget that (laughs) (laughs) anyway yeah it's it's true it's and uh, the
1: uh the jock is uh American Pie Kid. Chris Klein. Yeah. Chris Klein. Yeah.
0: So, yeah, something interesting about both these movies is Chris Klein was a student in Omaha. He was born and raised in Omaha, Nebraska. The book, uh, Election, was written by Tom Parada, who also wrote The Leftovers. Oh, which I'm watching right now. Isn't that weird?
1: That is not what I would expect. No, not at all. It's also directed by Alexander Payne mm-hmm. of like sideways fame. So- yes. I was, I was like, oh, I wasn't surprised once I read that. I was like, right on.
0: Yeah. So Alexander Payne uh, was also born and raised in Omaha. Cool. And so he changed mm-hmm. the setting from the book, which takes place in New Jersey, mm-hmm. to like outside of Omaha, Nebraska. And uh, I guess he was just scouting schools and happened to run across Chris Klein and no way offered him the That's role so essentially so wholesome
1: so nice he's like a young fake Keanu
0: he is like a young oh fake gosh, Keanu yeah. he's always like he's oh, so Keanu- gosh, gosh I don't know
1: <laughs> <He> Tracy's <laughs> really nice and you're like uh <laughs> he yeah. looks a little
2: like Keanu Reeves I definitely yeah. thinking that the whole time I'm and the like, tone Keanu
1: The long bangs
0: Yeah (laughs) But yeah so Chris Klein's first movie And also Jason Schwartzman's first movie For Rushmore so And now that I've seen
1: so many movies With our TV shows also Jason Schwartzman It's like really impressed upon me How young he was in this Maybe
0: You know because you
1: think He looks kind of mature In the movie for like Playing a high school student I wonder how old he really was But he probably wasn't that much older
0: Probably not Yeah
1: he was probably Still in his late teens Early 20s at least
0: probably yeah yeah so yeah the the openings of both of these films election and rushmore very quickly and early on you see the good old-fashioned yearbook yeah. motif. Oh, yeah so i wanted to ask you guys how yearbook grabbing or resume building ooh your high school careers were and how much that influenced your choices cuz obviously these two movies which i think are interesting come from either a female overachiever or a male overachiever mm. but like building up the ranks in their yearbooks yeah and so it's sort of your priorities yeah you know one was ac-
1: more academic and one was more extracurricular you know. yeah
0: yeah huh. so how did you guys feel about those two openings and how similar yet different hmm. they happen to be
1: Okay, so similar resume building. Yeah, I mean, because Election is very much kind of like she's career focused. You know, she's sort of like, I'm competing with these kids who are not, you know, get things easily whose dad buys them a truck and like that kind of stuff. She's not mad about it at all. No. no not mad about it at all. I, I, <laughs> I love her. I love, I love that version of Reese Witherspoon because that's what I imagine – Secretly, she's really, like, versus, like, all of the sweet romantic comedy Reese Witherspoons. I'm like, I bet she's really type A. That's okay. That's okay. (laughs) You get far by being type A. So, Um, yeah, I feel like that's a lot more career-driven. And then um, whereas, you know, Max Fisher's character is is definitely more having fun and, like, wanting to experience things Mm -hmm. um, and, like, fantasizing about being – well-loved and well-liked by other people. And, like, it's kind of like even, like, in a Christmas story with the, like, hey, plus, plus and everyone cheering for him. It's kind of like that dream when he's, like, passed out in the beginning of the movie during the chapel talking and, like, imagining the toughest math problem in the world and everything. That's not his reality. Like, he just wants to be well-liked by his peers, and that hasn't really happened yet, or he hasn't, like, been okay yet with himself with just how he is and who actually does like him,
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, whereas I, mean, I feel like Tracy doesn't give a fuck. Like she's sort of like she doesn't need Tracy people to does like her. Not care. She's just like I'm doing what I'm doing, and I'm gonna get it done.
2: You <laughs> can only take one piece of gum. <laughs> Bring it back. Um, yeah, for me, I think the difference is be- is between like, like kind of a, a very exaggerated caricature of a young man or a boy trying to do all these things and, like, a satire of that stereotype. And then Tracy Flick, and I'm like, we all know Tracy. It's one of those things, like, um, Max was obviously, like, over the top and, like, very, very extravagant and very deliberately satirical. Like, there's there's just no way. But with Tracy, it's like, yeah, like, she's only in, like, three or four clubs, right? hmm And I'm like, Yeah three or four clubs, top of her class, like, she's just missing, like, off-season hockey, honestly. Like, (laughs) so it was one of those things where the big difference for me was in between, like, kind of a, a fantasy of belonging and a fantasy of, like, exploration and then, like, kind of, like, a more sincere, earnest look at, like, a young girl who's super ambitious and, like, willing to put in the work. Because while Max Fisher was sort of, like, a jack-of-all-trades, he was never really, like, exceptionally good at all of those things. Like, he was, we saw, like, he was good at calligraphy, and he was good at, like, screenwriting, and, like, good at, like, blustering and stuff like that. But, like, Tracy Flick, it was, like, no, she can actually, like, achieve all of it. So it was was sort of the difference for me between, like, a fantasy of competence and like actual competence
1: i also feel like it's kind of like an argument of focus because i feel like tracy flick knew what she wanted whereas i feel like the max fisher character is sort of like he's trying everything out and he's having the best time ever but he doesn't really have an end game like he doesn't really know what he wants to do no whereas like tracy's like I'm gonna move into a career in politics. I'm gonna do this. Like she's like she's really driven. Whether that's good or bad is, you know, opinion. But
2: I mean, we all know Tracy Flick went on to go to Harvard and um, dress all in pink and oh. <laughs> go to law school. So we oh we know yeah, how, well, we know how she she yeah did
0: she did
2: she did pretty great. Um, True, yeah. chihuahuas. Oh my gosh! Gosh, what was what was. Reese's character's name and and Legally Blonde, Legally Blonde.
1: I don't know. Anyway, I have to look it up.
2: But that's definitely like the sequel story of of Tracy Flick, where she, there's just like an ultra competent woman who's sort of not taken seriously. Elle Woods. Elle yes. Woods. How could I forget Elle? But yeah, sort of like again, kind of, and I think that Reese really got typecast in that type A personality, like a girl who just like can absolutely get things done. Mm-hmm. I th- and I thought that's that was the like the yearbook montage difference it's like absurdist between like I know this girl <laughs> and I think it, it really did set the tone for both movies because obviously like Rushmore it, it was absurd and silly and ridiculous
1: but I kind of love it because it's sort of like a great that's um, a great montage that I feel like Wes Anderson definitely goes on to use again later but that, that was the first time that he really did that so Mm -hmm. yeah when it came out it seemed fresh whereas now maybe if you're seeing that movie later and you didn't see it when it came out you have other movies to compare it to but at the time you were kind of like what the hell's happening it's awesome musical
0: montage yeah (laughs) Yeah, it's crazy that both these movies came out around the same time and happened to capture that feeling yeah in such a real way Because, yeah, I still have all of my old yearbooks. Oh totally. Oh, my God, do totally. you? I do.
1: Truly. I do. I do, too. I mean, I don't look at them very often, but then when you do, it's like time capsule. Mm-hmm. And then I'm also like, my skin was flawless. Why didn't I appreciate it back then? I absolutely
2: <laughs> do not have my yearbooks. Ooh. Oh, my God. I, was, I mean, like, it's one of those things where it's like, I, mean, I never achieved Tracy Flick levels, but I was definitely like, I was... Multiple times, like captain, like the captain of my varsity team
0: for many years. (laughs) So maybe you should have held on to one of those. Yeah, no kidding. No. No. God no. (laughs) <laughs> i don't know i have all of mine out of like seventh grade through yeah senior right. year yeah they're and so fun to my look family at. could only afford like one yearbook so i have all of the yearbooks uh, like my siblings do not have the yearbook
1: i think there was one year that i didn't them. get one and and then later on hindsight i wished i had because it's sort of like to to see how people age is kind of awesome with the, yeah. you know people i still know now not that many but it's, it's fun Yeah,
0: and I'm glad that I have mine, and Heath has his, because it's fun to look at, like, baby Heath when he was, like, in high school. Yeah. Did you
2: guys, like, live in the same place Mm -mm. for your whole high school or something? Oh,
0: yes, individually, Us, personally?
2: Yeah.
1: I did. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I did, too. (laughs) Linda's like, yep, nope.
1: (laughs) It's like, oh, no. (laughs) Yeah. No, I've I've been in the HV my whole life. (laughs) Yeah,
2: Yeah, I, uh... I did not. <laughs> I, moved, <laughs> I moved around a lot as a kid. Like I was in nine nine schools by the time I hit ninth grade. I could oh definitely see
1: being less
0: attached. Yeah. yeah. Totally. Mm-hmm. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. So speaking of uh, place, both in Rushmore and in Election, they don't really narrow down the actual setting. Of where these movies take place. You do see, like, Nebraska license plates, and you see them reading the newspaper. Mm. But it's not mentioned. It's not a big deal. Mm -hmm. Both Rushmore and Carver are high schools that kind of take on a world of their own. Mm. And how do you guys feel, like, the different areas of the U.S. play into what it means to be successful? Because Rushmore definitely takes place, it seems to me, like – East Coast. Yeah, it has more of an Probably East Coast feel. Probably Hudson Valley ish area, possibly, or upstate New York. Yeah, it could, I mean, it could, it could be, be like, could be New York, could be Connecticut, Massachusetts,
1: Massachusetts kind of. It's got that, yeah. like, the, the prep school feel, I feel like, is more of an East Coast um, absolutely, notoriety. <laughs> I mean, I know they have them in other parts of the country, but there's a shitload of them on the East Coast. So That's true. Yeah, even in Pennsylvania, like outside Philadelphia, there's like I never knew there were so many prep schools. I was there's, like, what? Are, why?
2: There's a ton. <laughs> in the South too, like in yeah. Virginia and North Carolina and South Carolina. Yeah, it is a big thing. Totally. Well, I mean, not to speak ill of like. My home region, but like in poorer states, like rich people are much more willing to send their kids off to boarding
0: school. Sure. Yeah. (laughs) Hadn't considered that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know,
1: definitely it has like um, more of a a change of seasons aspect to Rushmore, I think, more so than um, an election. An election election actually reminded me a lot more of my own high school. It was kind of has that like. Uh, Absolutely. Sort of like of the architecture, it's like that 50s, 60s vibe, like cinder block, um, more like normal, yeah. you know, could be that time period, you know, 90s, early aughts, I feel like. Yeah. Um, I didn't necessarily immediately think like, oh, where in the country is this? It kind of looks like suburban, suburban wherever. Yeah.
2: Yeah. I, I think that they were really going, at least in an election for, like, the lowest common denominator of schools there. Yeah, it was just
1: kind of your average public school.
2: Yeah. It, it really was, and it was one of those things where, like, yes, it could have been a larger, like, city school, but it it was also very clearly, like, suburbs slash a little bit rural.
1: Kids have cars. Kids have yeah.
2: cars. Like, kids still take the bus. It was one of those things, like, it felt very normal, and I really thought that they did a good job with, like, the setting and, like, not setting, but not the set decorations and, like, the way mm. that – Things were placed and like the way the, the kids looked like children. Yeah. I was like, oh, yes. thank goodness they look like children. It was so, it was such a relief actually, like watching both Rushmore and Election and just seeing like children. Like, oh, actual yeah. Kids, yeah, like,
1: versus like a 30 year old playing Dirk Dirk or whatever. You know, <laughs> like, <my God. laughs>
2: like 90210 where everyone's just oh. like, aren't you like 28? <laughs> like, yeah. are you sure you're in senior year? Yeah. You have wrinkles, your hairline is receding. But yeah, so yeah. It's, it's good that, like, I felt, I've, I really did feel like, as far as places, uh, Rushmore was very, very insular. And, like, it felt like Rushmore could not have happened in another place. Um, there was only Rushmore, right? Where, like, this, this story could have taken place. But I think election happens every single year. <laughs> mm, yeah. You know? Yeah.
0: Exactly. Yeah, I th- I think Reese Witherspoon was the oldest high schooler on set. She was 21. Oh, okay. When they shot Election. Right. And then Chris Klein was just out of high school. But I think a lot of the other students in Election were actual students of that school in Papillion, which is a suburb outside of Omaha. Yeah. Which I actually know about because I lived in Lincoln for a year and a half. Well, so yeah, cool. <laughs> it was weird to watch Election now after living there mm-hmm. and picking up all of these weird references that I had missed the first time because mm-hmm. it meant nothing to me. So I think actually – that taking place in Nebraska means a lot to me, I suppose, mm-hmm. just because I'm familiar with the region. Mm. But it also definitely is a very Midwest vibe, which I appreciate. Yeah. yeah. And that I'm from Indiana, real. but Midwest is vast. Totally. And, yeah, the yeah. Midwest nice sensibilities really suit this film. And I think Tom Perotta and uh, Alexander Payne nail that. That's cool. That mm-hmm. basic human life. Yeah. Like humans seem real.
2: Yeah, I mean, there in was his a... films. I, I, I don't think I mentioned it when I did the recap, but there is a whole subplot with Matthew Broderick's character, Mr. McAllister, and his wife, and then, like, the wife of the man with whom Tracy had a steamy affair.
1: They were in love.
2: They were not in love. <laughs> <laughs> if someone hadn't gotten mushy.
1: That's the best.
2: I'm that oof. That, that is, like Tracy. it's great. So yeah, Tracy basically long story short, Tracy had an affair with a teacher, a teacher was fired. Um teachers, affair teachers, ex-wife, and Matthew Broderick try and initiate an affair, it just does not go well. Matthew Broderick out on his ear. Um, but yeah, so there's a whole subplot there that's like very much daily life going on. It's a lot, lot of cringy,
1: cringy Matthew Broderick in this. God the whole time, Yeah, almost. That precious yeah.
2: baby. <laughs> oh, god, precious baby. Yeah, there. Were, I mean, anyway, when he got stung by the bee, <laughs> like, yeah, just,
1: like, his eyes so heaven, terrible.
2: I was like, oh uh, god, <laughs> uh, <laughs> fuck. It was good, but yeah. So, so I agree with you. Like when you say it like that. Now that. um and just remembering those sorts of scenes where, like, Matthew Broderick specifically was, like, very much involved in his domestic life and trying to, like, have this life outside of school that no one else really got to have. Mm-hmm. Um, everyone else was just very much school, 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 school. And it really was just Matthew Broderick's character that got any sort of characterization or major scenes outside of school.
0: Mm. Hmm. Yeah, really, he and Tammy, the most part. But Tammy is expelled Paul's yeah. sister, the the rogue yeah. in the election. The she's great. Lesbian. She's wonderful.
1: I feel like the only thing I've seen her in is um, she's in like an episode or two of Freaks and Geeks, but I couldn't yeah. think of anything else I've seen her in.
0: I think she's only been in maybe like nine things. Yeah. And those are the two she's good. most of note. <laughs> yeah. She's awesome. So, yeah, Linda, you kind of mentioned it a little bit. So both of these stories delve into some very Mary Kay Letourneau affairs between teachers and students. Right. Mm. And I think election doesn't get into the messy details, but that's what Rushmore basically shows you is all of the messy details. Right. Yeah. But they're handled in such different ways. And it's interesting that both characters are without a parent of the opposite sex.
1: That's true.
0: Uh one by death one by, you're not really sure. I think maybe the dad leaves the mom in election. Yeah. yeah. It's I, don't, kind of a, I don't think it's said, so yeah. I don't yeah. think so either. But I think that's interesting of how ambitious we expect high schoolers to be and how that breeds a lot of problems. And I wondered what you guys thought about the dichotomy of those teacher-student relationships. mm that are very painful to watch. They are. They're different, though. <laughs> so
2: painful. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Especially, like, as an adult watching them. And I'm like, oh, boy. Like, yeah, because am- now
1: as a viewer, we're closer to the teacher's age. Right. Which you're like, no, no, no,
0: don't do that.
2: Yeah, it's just, it's bad. <laughs> I don't know. So for me, for me watching Rushmore, I just got, like, really, really angry with Max. Because it, it became very clear to me that, like... Rosemary was trying to set boundaries and like was trying to be very kind and nice and like, doing things that like good girls are supposed to do in those sorts of situations. Right. And Max was just like, you don't have boundaries. I don't care. And like acted in a very weirdly abusive and like non-consensual manner towards her, and that was just like so fucking frustrating to watch. Because over and over, I'm just like, Max is a douchebag. Mm. We all know he that.
1: He's a teen boy. Not, I'm not making excuses, but just like the the um, the lens of watching that movie has definitely changed over the years, for sure.
2: Yeah, but still, like, man douchebag every single time he opened his mouth or tried to like convince her we're meant to be together i'm just like you're a douchebag like i just could not i couldn't take it seriously i just got angry i was like incredibly frustrated and then on the other side like with tracy's affair um i was like yep (laughs) i was like oh boy this is this is too real don't like it Mm -hmm. um But it was one of those things I think it was really good that they kept it as, like, backstory and in the background because otherwise if it had taken more of a center stage and instead of just providing that kind of narrative tension that was being strung along, I think it would have made for a very, very different movie and a very, like, a movie that would have seen Tracy as, like, much more manipulative or seen Tracy as, like a more manipulated person and she does say like throughout the whole film like i just really miss his talks and i'm like girl you were abused like we all know it like Mm. and it was one of those things like some of the scenes some of the settings it was just like damn tracy and it but like the way that she spoke about the affair especially to like um mr McAllister's character it, she definitely thought that it was mutual. She definitely thought it was like I'm mature enough to handle this. I'm like, no, we impress maturity on young women so that like men can take advantage of them. Like that's the way it works. And it, it just felt, yeah. So basically, one the the Max Max and Rosemary felt like an abuse of boundaries and an abuse of trust in a very clear way. And then the one with Tracy and. Ed, I forget his last name. That felt. It's
0: Novotny, Mr. Novotny Mr.
2: Nevatney. Yeah. That felt like in the same way an abusive relationship, but definitely in a way that wasn't quite as like frustrating to watch because it felt much more um, understandable because it happens because like that's not something that like I'm not unused to hearing about, and sadly, like, yeah. it's, it's sadly, right. And it's just one of those things where it's like it it's just like I both of them make me just squeamish, don't don't like it, but I think yeah. they're meant
1: to, yeah, yeah i don't I definitely don't think they're supposed to make you like root for that to happen on either end, even though no. um, I definitely you know, having watched that when I was a lot younger for Rushmore, I wasn't really as angry a response but definitely cringeworthy because um from the standpoint of if you've like ever had someone like you that you didn't like like that when you when that whole sequence of like her grading her papers and he just like sharpens her pencil <laughs> pours her a cold drink and you're just like oh no, no 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 stop so stop i don't want that you know and then it kind of um yeah, you're right. It's like he's teen boy is not open to actually listening to what she's saying. He thinks he's hearing her, but not really. And that's, I think, part of his growing process in the film is learning that and learning like he was wrong the whole time, but he doesn't think he is in the beginning because there'd be no movie then. But for, yeah, for Tracy, it's kind of, it's sort of like you see him coming in as being creepy, like taking the group out for dinner and lingering talking to her and telling her she's attractive and everything like that. But then I felt like in that sense, it was um, that like reveal where she's talking to Matthew Broderick's character about the other teacher being too mushy is kind of hilarious and telling (laughs) of her own strength, Mm -hmm. you know, where like not to say that she wasn't abused, but just that in her mind, maybe she's a little more in control than... You know, she thinks because she's kind of like, oh, well, this would have been fine if he had just listened to me, but then he took it too far and blah, you know, so it's kind of more telling about her character for sure.
0: Yeah. I think she definitely acknowledges that Mr. Novotny is weak. Yeah. But not in the ways that she should realize that he was a weak man. Right. Yeah. 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 Right. Like her weakness is misguided. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I think watching Rushmore this time around, and I've seen it quite a bit, but I definitely think that Max is overbearing for sure. Oh, yeah. But I think there were a lot of times that Rosemary should have not been hanging out with him. Mm -hmm. But I do think she wanted – she took an interest in him because he was enthusiastic about learning. He wanted to seem to want to grow as a person. Mm -hmm. And so it's a shame that what she saw as a mentorship was not – And she wanted it to be, but she didn't take off the rose-colored glasses in time to realize, like, oh no, he can't get past this. Right. Which Uh, is a bummer.
2: I would also like to note that uh, as just, like, a, a directorial choice, why wasn't she ever wearing a bra? <laughs> Throwing that one like way out there, I'm just like some man decided this. <laughs> some some dude decided like we are not going to have Olivia Colman like Olivia not Olivia
0: Colman, Williams Olivia Williams. Williams yeah
2: wear a bra ever.
0: I don't know if I yeah I don't know if that. I
1: noticed that as consistently. Maybe yeah. definitely bad in the scene lesbians.
2: or so. <laughs> <Bad> Lesbian. <laughs> slaps on the wrist <laughs> no she was not wearing a bra the entire movie guys. interesting
0: yeah. it wasn't like friends level obvious then no. I suppose yeah. where Jennifer Aniston says that's right. just how my bras looked well no, both not. both
1: Fernanda <laughs> and I noticed for the very first time even though we'd seen the movie multiple times was that Rory Gilmore's in there as yeah. a bit part Alexis Bledel yeah. never noticed her before
0: little baby Alexis she was one
1: of the public school class kids I was like what are you doing in there it was weird get right get the WB <laughs>
0: to call your mother. Stars Hollow misses you. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh yeah, that my. was really weird to not notice that for years and yeah. years of watching that movie. have seen that movie a lot. Yeah. And I watched Gilmore's a lot. Yeah, so. it's weird. <laughs> <All right>. Future <laughs> <Yeah>. podcast. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, to wrap this episode up, which one resonates with you more? Which one do you appreciate more? Mm. I, I think... With every viewing, Election grows stronger in my mind, like Rushmore was the movie that I watched as pretty much like when it came out around yeah. that same time. So yep. I grew with that movie. Election I discovered four years ago and I've only watched it a couple times now. Yeah. But I was blown away by how much I really enjoy Election and think it's like a very standout film. Mm.
2: Yeah. And I'm
0: surprised that more people haven't seen it.
2: Well, I know for me personally because I haven't watched either of these films before we decided to like talk about them. Um,
1: so the first time this yeah, year, first
2: first time like this year, I, I watched both these films. Um, I'll I'll say flat out, I'm not like a huge Wes Anderson fan. Uh, his stuff just doesn't really do it for me. But uh, yeah, Election just really resonated. I was like, I know that girl. I might have been that girl. Oh, God, I was I was Tracy Flick. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I, I really like Electra. I think that the narrative process that they used with the different points of view and, like, different voiceovers at certain times was, like, very clever and very fun and very interesting. Because it's rare that you have so many voiceovers in one film, especially one that's, like, not necessarily, like, a high drama film. Like, right. it's, it's dramatic, but it's, like, a dark comedy kind of thing. I was going to say,
1: it's often very funny. Mm-hmm. yeah in, in election for sure so
2: for me election too mm. yeah
1: i would say i saw both of them that year um and when i saw election for the first time it definitely had more um uncomfortableness to it so i didn't rewatch that until probably a few years later mm-hmm. and so i've definitely appreciated it more seeing it again as as i've gotten older definitely uh I really like Alexander Payne as a director, too, so I've kind of grown with that. Um, I am a big Wes Anderson fan, for sure, Mm -hmm. but I kind of uh, would say I throw Rushmore in the nostalgia box because it was one of the first ones I saw, and I loved the soundtrack when it came out, and I just visually thought it was cool, just the way... The scenes were put together and the montages were put together at that time. That hadn't really been done. So he really had his own style. Now I feel like they mock it a little bit. They're kind of like, let's do a Wes Anderson version of Star Trek or something else, (laughs) you know. But um, at the time, it was like I had seen that and then, you know, shortly after Royal Tenenbaums and like I really liked those movies. I kind of associated them with certain times of the year that I felt like watching them. Um, And I'm a big music lover, so – those are both really pretty solid soundtracks for sure but his movies have changed definitely over over the years so
0: yeah i think he's benefited from kind of going a little bit less realistic yeah and telling you a little bit more of like a fantastic story totally mm-hmm. because yeah when he's doing the realism sometimes it still feels a little weird because it's wes anderson he's totally. kind of a kooky person it so totally still
2: feels surreal like yeah. Yeah, I, I take yeah. Rushmore as like a surreal comedy like i yeah. can't take it seriously at all
0: and i think you're totally correct in viewing it that way, for sure.
2: You made yeah. it here first, folks. I'm correct.
0: <laughs> well, thank you so much thank for you. sitting down for Teacher's Pet. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> and watching Rushmore and Election because oh it was a good time had by all. <laughs> it's, it's, what was that? That was me. Oh
2: it was <laughs> honestly like really cool comparing them because like there's just so many parallels and they came out like a the same year bonkers like what is 1999 doing no business yeah no business whatsoever
0: (laughs) all right well catch us next time we'll have an episode moderated by diana oh yeah (gasps) it's gonna be great which films are we going to be discussing? Uh,
1: we're going to talk about some 90s teen films that are based on pieces of literature and maybe what <laughs> what they have in common and what they don't, what holds up. We're going to do 10 Things I Hate About You and She's All That. Sounds great. Yes. Yeah, so can't so wait. God. bad. <laughs> bad <film.
0: laughs> well, we will. On that note. <laughs> yeah. Catch you next time. Yeah. Thanks for listening. Woo. Bye. Bye. Bye.
2: You just gotta find something you love to do and then do it for the rest of your life. For me, it's going to Rushmore.